Hey guys, welcome back to the Detour Live, and we've got a monster of an episode. We've finally delivered. Oh, actually, we've had some good guests, but this would have to be the top of the list. Uh, I'm your host, Dan Jones, joined as always by four-time National Road Champion Johnny Trevorrow, Mental Wheels Foundation board member Vaughan McVilly, and of course, the man of the hour. He's sixth on GC, Bahrain victorious, is Jack Haig. Jack, welcome to the Detour, mate. Thanks for joining us. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> so firstly uh how was the rest day did you get a good sleep in mate i know you love a sleep in <laughs> so, had a good sleep in this morning luckily here at the wealth of most of the stages start pretty well And, uh, mate, obviously you're in sensational form. It was obviously disappointing what happened at the Tour de France, but uh, coming into this uh, Tour of Spain, it, it's clear that the legs are there. Um, how are you feeling coming into this last week? Last week? Uh, pretty good, to be honest. Uh, like you said, I uh, had a bit, of a bit of a crash there in the Tour de France and it didn't quite work out the way I wanted to. So to come back here and... Be able to perform well. Uh, I'm super happy to be able to show I, all the hard work that I put in leading up to Tour de France, and then I obviously put in a lot of hard work after I crashed to be able to recover and come back and be here at the level I am. So to perform and show my team, it's a new team that I'm riding for now. So to show them that I'm really committed to the project that they have is uh, something I'm really happy to do. How has the transition been to Bahrain victorious and, and teaming up with uh, the sheriff? Uh, it's actually been really nice having Steve here. Uh, it's a familiar face. Obviously, there's a lot of things that are very different now, changing from Mike Exchange Michelson to a completely different team. And I had five really good years in Michelson Mike Exchange. Uh, but I'm super happy where I am now. Uh, the team gives me a lot of support and gives me a lot of opportunities to, to race how I'd like to race. And I feel really grateful to have the opportunity to have led the team of the Tour de France, even if it was just for two and a half stages, and then now to have the opportunity here that I have a team support all behind me. Not that you've had bad years, in fact, you're like your career has always been on the up and up, but like 2021 has been a bit of a standout. You know, you were fifth in the Dauphiné, uh, seventh Paris Nice. Um, I think you were seventh in uh, Tour de la Provence. Like, is, is there something different you did this year that to, and uh, with the crash, I mean, it's just like your form's just been like just crystal on top there. Is there something different that happened here? No, I don't really. I think it's kind of, I've maybe always had a little bit of this potential inside of me, but when I was in uh, Michigan, I was always in a bit more of a support role and maybe didn't have the opportunities to show the level that I was capable of. And I was happy doing the work for Simon Yates or Adam Yates or Esteban because that was where I was at that moment in my career and I was happy supporting these guys. And now, instead of doing the support role for them, I'm having people supporting me so I'm arriving to the final climb that little bit fresher and then I can show myself there rather than maybe working a little bit beforehand on the second last climb or at the bottom of the slopes of a final climb set up Simon and Adam. Chavez. So I think that's mainly the the thing that's changed the most. 
So at, at the uh, when the tour when the Vuelta started, uh, were you there to support uh, Mikel Lander, or were you both going to be the supported uh, riders? Well, there was quite a lot of unknown whether I was even going to be at the Vuelta after the crash that I had in the Tour de France. The fracture was actually quite bad, and it wasn't until about 10 days before the Vuelta started that I got the all clear from my surgeon and the doctors to be able to actually race. So there was a lot of unknowns about my condition coming into the race, and it was basically when I was selected, it was to give me the opportunity to have a grand tour of my legs this year looking more towards next year uh, than actually coming here trying to get a result because no one knew how I was going. I had to take a long time off the bike and we obviously were coming here with Mikel Lander who had some really good form doing quite well in Walter Bogos just before uh, Walter Espana. So I was here more as a support role and maybe try to get breakaways and just kind of see, see how it was. Mate, we had, uh, we had the sheriff on the other day and I'll tell you what, we always talk about his red texter and his green texter he, he definitely got the green texter out for you when you supported lander in that those early stages and lost a bit of time he's like yeah that bloody jackie he's a he's a ripper mate so once you get that green texter from the sheriff mate you have got full support for the rest of this race now looking at the stages obviously today's a flat stage but stage 17 and 18 are obviously the monsters is there any one of those two that sort of stand out or do you think they're sort of on par in their difficulty um, I'm just going through a tunnel, so uh, <laughs> excuse sure, the light. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I... we'll, we'll have to bear with Jack as he gets through this tunnel. I'm sure when he comes out the other side, we'll, we'll get him back on. But let, I mean, this is the stage 17 profile, for example. You know, you got a cat three, cat one, cat one, and finishes on the the well, their horse category for the final climb, it's looking absolutely filthy. And then stage 18, it doesn't look much better. You've got two monster cat ones, cat two, and, and a like a horse category equivalent uh, for the final there. And it's just brutal. I mean, the, the Vuelta's already been tough enough as it is. And, and then you look at those two monsters, that's where the race will probably blow apart if he... There's no doubt about that. I don't think Iking the Viking will still be in the red jersey uh, when they get to uh, finish of stage 17, and then we've got 18. Ah, uh, oh, Jack is back, I think. Can you hear us, Jack? Are you through the tunnel? <laughs> this is just live podcast, and it's oh, and we've lost Jack. He'll click the link again for sure. Ca um, chaos, chaos on the podcast. Yes, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> but but what are you expecting in terms of? We talked about it the other day. Are people underestimating uh, Odd Christian Iking the Viking? For this? I don't believe so. No, I don't believe so. Look, we know he's done absolutely brilliantly, and the, the Intermarche team has done a wonderful job. But then once the GC guys start really battling it out, he's only still in the lead because they didn't race uh, as hard as they normally would have in those Jack's last back. Few, few stages. So uh, we're. We're talking about uh, stages 17 and 18, hey boys, Jack. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, mate. That's fine, mate. Which one do you think is the toughest out of those or six and one half a dozen of the other? Jack, stages 17 and 18, which one do you reckon is the toughest? 
You there, mate? At least he's looking definitely arrow, more arrow than he did previously. I think stage uh, 18. Here we go. Yep. Stage 18. They're using a new climb. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you're right, mate. There's just a bit of a delay. Uh, so when, when I think talking... stage 18 is a, a pretty pretty iconic new stage. I think the climbing, the climb at the finish there is a new climb they've never used in the Welter. So it can be interesting it's super steep and super long um and i reckon that's probably where the biggest time gaps will come either on on these two stages yeah this is the one here it's a super steep maybe like 16 kilometers or like 10 percent average or something like this yeah that looks monster <laughs> mm. nasty <laughs> does, does that does that suit you with the current form that you've got jack like those harder sharper climbs or the longer sort of more the colombian style climbs Um, the sharper climbs are probably a little bit, uh, easier to manage, to be honest, because you either have the legs or you don't, and there's not too many tactical decisions need to be made. Whereas on the slightly shallower climbs, there's such a big difference when you're in the wheels of the other riders that you need to be a little bit smarter and try and pick the right moves. And it's a bit more of a, maybe a bit more of a roller with ice there. Whereas in these steeper climbs, it's just, if you've got the legs, you can ride away. If you don't have the legs, you can't ride Mm. And uh, what sort of tactic, you know, are you going to play? Or actually, can I, I want to ask a, a maybe a slightly curly question. Uh, a couple of stages ago, you came over the top. Roglic had had a crash, uh, and uh, you and Lopez and Mass sort of caught him, and there was a little bit of chat between you and Lopez where you're sort of saying to Lopez, let's hit him on the descent and see if we can drop him, or was uh, can you let us know, <laughs> let us know what you're having a chat about? Rodlich, I actually rode past up to Rodlich and asked him if he was all right, just checking in to see if he was okay, to be honest. And uh, then I was having a bit of a conversation with Lopez because I was more a little bit confused why he wasn't as interested to work together to put time into, not Rodlich, but time in Bernal and Adam Yates that were in the group behind us. And I think it was because Henrik Mass was having a bit of a bad day, struggling a little bit on the downhill there. It was quite tricky and uh, he was actually trying to slow up the pace so we didn't uh, drop uh, Henrik. And can I just follow up that question? Because you're obviously a pretty good uh, bike handler. Um, I think you're under 23 mountain bike champ from memory um, way back in the day. Um, your descending is pretty amazing and epic. Do you see that there's a possibility or a chance to get some time on someone like a mass who seems to struggle a little bit on the downhills? I think we've got internet problems again. again. Or he's in deep thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think because they're obviously going from the hotel to uh the start and spanish internet i mean you're going out into some real bush areas uh it's obviously going to drop in and out but uh we'll, we'll see how we go we'll, we'll stick with him for the next couple of minutes and, and hopefully the wi-fi will kick in can you hear us now jack Anything can happen on the detour. As they say, it is, it is Wi-Fi chaos. Maybe, uh, Jack, if you just uh, re-click in, re-, re uh, 
cut, cut out and cut him back in, see how he goes. Yeah, that, that famous yeah. IT bit of brilliance, mate. Turn it off and turn, turn it back it on. on. I did, I did get some uh, images from the sheriff. He said they were uh, staying in a nice little town. Um, where do you say? Uh, in Santa Lina de Mar, famous little village in the north of Spain. Um, and he sent through some photos. So a bit of culture. That's a nice little uh, village there. Beautiful. And then, uh, obviously, he has to send a random photo of him in the car. <laughs> to make sure we know he's around the old sheriff. Talking about culture, was that your tummy I heard rumbling just a few seconds ago, uh, Dan? Not no. mine. Uh, Not okay. mine. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he, Jack just said, hey, mate, sorry, 4G keeps crapping itself. So, no, nah, fully understand. But uh, there's some great insights there. And uh, you'd have to think that, I mean, if the top two guys, like Martin uh, and the Viking... Hang on, we're back again. Jack, can you hear us, mate? <laughs> hey. Yeah, I got your voice. Sorry. The, the internet's so, not so good at it. That's fine, mate. We get this all the time. It's not a drama. You're and, uh, so... I'd just like to. My question is: While we got you, is what's your actual plan of attack uh, in these uh, these uh, stages seventeen and eighteen? Have you got uh, uh, something that you're planning to do? We'll keep it really secret. We won't tell anybody. No, I I think uh, there's not any really big plans. Obviously, I'll look for any opportunity of weakness, especially in uh, Lopez. He's my biggest competition. Or the podium, and that's kind of the goal I have now for Welter. Is if I can finish on the podium, yeah, that would be an amazing achievement. I'd be incredibly happy with that. And basically, the only rider that is in that third position now is Lopez, unless uh, one of these first two riders, Odd Christian Hiking and uh, Gaum, uh, don't lose any time, then <laughs> we're all a bit screwed because <laughs> they've got quite a lead there from the breakaway stage. So I'm going to try to look to put any time I can into Lopez and then hopefully do a really good time trial of the finish there. Yep. We, I think we just got in Ify's question yeah. there. <laughs> it's all good. So I think, I think we've got pretty good insights there. But uh, Jack... Um, obviously, the Wi-Fi is playing up, but uh, we really appreciate you coming on the detour for those insights, mate. It's fantastic, and we're obviously pretty parochial here. Being an Aussie and being a former Green Edge boy, we, we want to see you do well, mate, and uh, we're really excited for this last week. This is this is not a question, but hopefully you can hear this. I just have a Thanks, theory guys. about your career. I have a theory about your career. Like, you started off at uh, Hugh and Salmon where the kit was mostly orange and a bit of red, and, and being a fellow ginger... I think now that you've gone back to a team that's got a lot of orange on the bike and the ginger ninja is just going to come out and you're going to end up on the podium. So good luck, mate. Sensational. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and and just to reinforce that. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'll reinforce that. I've just uh, written a, a story today for the uh, world-famous Geelong Advertiser and uh, – <laughs> I've, I've said that you are going to get on the podium come Sunday. So no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> You've stumped him. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. No worries, Jack. Good luck, mate. Okay, mate. See you, pal.
Jack Hay, bloody superstar. Um, it was just a shame about the internet, but we got enough of the good answers in there, so we really appreciate his time. Uh, look, guys, we're going to take a quick drinks break uh, and have a quick word from Bike Exchange and Amy Gillett Foundation. We'll talk more for Welter after the break. Look at this bike. You think it's just a bike, right? But it's not. <clears throat> it's a bike. 374 people are looking at. This guy, this girl, them, all looking at it. People from here, there, and wherever this is. People that are looking for a bike. Or just a piece of it. Amateurs, semi-amateurs, and pro-amateurs. This guy wants this bike, but with this crank and these bars. This could be the perfect match, but not this one. This girl has a bike to sell, and thousands of people might purchase it. Eyes on Bikes help grow small businesses. His, hers, yours, and the latest data and insights help those businesses keep moving. We are the world's number one bike marketplace with over 500,000 products and 900 brands where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike is never just a bike. Bike Exchange, where the world buys, sells, learns and rides. Life is like a two-way street. It's about consideration and mutual respect. Roads are much the same. However you get around, walk, ride or drive, if we share our roads, we can all be safer. The Amy Gillett Foundation is Australia's peak cycling safety charity. Our mission is for safe cycling in Australia. Our vision is for zero cyclist deaths. Over the last year, we've seen an enormous increase in people taking up cycling, whether it be for recreation, with the family, commuting, or even to start your own cycling career. We need to do more to make it safer for every cyclist. 20 cyclists every day are hospitalised and one cyclist is killed every 10 days on Australian roads. So, the next time you jump on your bike or hop in your car, remember to practice the four C's. Be courteous, calm, considerate and conscientious. Every cyclist's death is preventable and we all deserve to get home safely. Please donate to help the Amy Gillett Foundation make the road safer for you and for me. Thanks again to Bike Exchange, of course, and some great messages there from the Amy Gillett Foundation. And speaking of the Amy Gillett Foundation, we've got some new designs coming in for the Apex Custom AUS.com uh, kit comp born. Mate, it's actually been really, really uh, fantastic to see. We've had... Um, uh, entries coming from all over Australia, which is uh, pretty exciting. Um, and, yeah, so some new ones, some pretty out there ones. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's been fantastic, fantastic to see. My, my, it's had my uh, design team going full ball. Like, look at this full-on crazy one. This this guy oh, did yeah, this uh, one, both, uh, oh, yeah. jersey and bibs. Yeah, full-on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like the that. bibs. Yeah. And then we've got another bright one. That's a uh, bit yeah, more artistic. Yeah. What... And then uh, this one, it's it's probably not on brand, but it, geez, it looks good. If you if you're basing it on looks, it, it looks like um, the looks the great. superhero yeah. Black Panther. Mm. No, no, no. Too, too, too dark. dark. I love I love it. But too dark. So 
so I'm going to put something out there. The, the dark with something light is sometimes a good thing too. If you've got a, you know, like you've got black with some then some brighter, brighter colours. But yeah, that's a little bit too dark that one. But it, but we yeah, we're really stoked to see everyone uh, um, having a crack. We had a guy from uh, country New South Wales send one in today. Um, we had another guy from Brisbane send send one in. So uh, the reach is far, and we're getting some fantastic entries into this competition. So yeah, it's good fun. Hey, uh, we've got a few comments. Uh, obviously, Wendy Superfan, she's always first. Hi, guys. Best of luck for Jack for the rest of, uh, rest of the Vuelta. Uh, Skull, that's why we love the podcast. Anything can happen. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Damon Spike says, hey, you will smash Roglic today. He'll be crying in Slovenian. Free Ranger, oh. NASA told the Apollo crew to cycle the equipment, we call it, turning off and back on. That's always what you do. Yep. And so that says, Australian cycling Paralympics team is just so awesome. Congrats to all of them, particularly Darren Hicks. I saw race in Radelaide. Been watching much of the Paralympics, have you? Yeah, well, I've been, whenever, I've been watching the highlights and I've been yeah, watching it regularly and I felt so much for that uh, triathlete who got caught on the post. I mean, how uh, and, and got held up by, um, you know, for coming into the, the finish for a few seconds by someone else, and it cost, uh, cost uh, uh, the win. But anyway, that's the way it goes. Uh, I've just done some podcast fishing. I'll put it out there for Julian Dean uh, at your request, if he's good idea. Uh, we'll hopefully get a bite. Um, but we'll <laughs> hang five. I think, I think one of the interesting um, points that Jack was talking about earlier is the lack of opportunities he felt that he was getting at Green Edge, and then he comes into a new environment if he and he's able to be that protected rider. And it sort of says that he's always had this ability in him, comes to a new team, gets these opportunities, and he's starting to flourish. Well, just just to give, uh, uh, to be fair to Bike, Team Bike Exchange, that was their plan as well. Uh, and as he, uh, as Jack just said, you know, he was, in, you know, that was the right role for him at the time. And they, this was the year that they always planned for him to become the man. In, in uh, uh, and the Tour de France was the event they were going to do it for, actually. So, uh, but he already decided to move on, and uh, maybe they didn't tell him uh, what they were going to. I don't know, but. Uh, Sometimes you just need a change. He'd been there for a while, and uh, you know, things, things happen. But but I know that that uh, Team Bike Exchange had planned for uh, Jack to be uh, a leader this year, and probably in the Tour de France. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, I was going to swing in from the belters over here on on that topic because I think that's you're 100 percent right. If you, you there is a, your career, you don't just be a superstar right from the get go. I mean. I know we've had, you know, Podjica come and hit, you know, hit the ground running as a young bloke, but like um, a lot of these riders, they need to go through their career and learn how to be a leader and learn how to be, you know, a good team person and learn a whole heap of skills before that they can come and, and actually survive with the pressures and, and that sort of stuff. Of how to get a bidden off the team car and all of those things you've got to learn. That's true. Mm. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh, look, you're right. But you know what? It, it, the thing is that the sport of cycling has changed so much in the last two years. I, I mean, uh, probably Bernal was the, was the first real youngster 
to, to come out and, and win the tour at such a young age. And everyone just thought that was just something that's never going to happen again. And then along come uh, the Podge, the Pog, and he's done it as well. So, and it's made everyone rethink. So, the, the, the structure that everyone thought you had to go through, the time frame that they thought you had to do, is being re, rethought by everyone. So, uh, um, maybe it probably uh, could have been done a year earlier. It's very similar. With, uh, with Caleb Ewan, I felt that, uh, you know, uh, Green Edge kept him, uh, you know, a lot, at the back one year too long. He should have been, ridden the Tour de France before he did, and that's why he left. So, um, you know, these youngsters, they're, they're ready to go these days, and now all the data is showing that. So it's just got to be managed differently, but, uh, you know, we, we don't have there's the long apprenticeship. It ain't there anymore. Well, it's an interesting point because, like, you know, obviously teams are trying to fill their list with the best group they can. I mean, what? remember the old days when these old riders that had won tours in the past and they were still getting massive contracts? I mean, if you were a manager, if you, what would you be looking for? The young up-and-coming talent? or Young up-and-coming, mate. Exactly. Those, those old guys are dinosaurs now and they're not going to get those big contracts anymore. The teams no. are looking for ways to get rid of them. Mm. Even though they're still good bike riders, but they're not going to be, you know, doing, you know, nibbly and people like that. Their day is done. Mm. And it, it is the youngsters coming up uh, that are going to get the contracts. Why wouldn't you? Why would you spend, you know, three million euro on someone who's not going to uh, win another grand tour and uh, isn't going to be... You know the exciting young prospect that these that these kids are, are showing to be, and there's a stack of them around. You just look at all the, these Aussies: Michael Storer, you know, Jay Vine, you know, um, Chris Hamilton. These kids, uh, you know, Joy Hindley, <laughs> Ben O'Connor. These, these guys. It's, it's just a bright new world. Mm. Um, and they're talking about, uh, you know, look, look at Jay Vine. He's come through the Zwift Academy. He had a crash when he was trying to get a bidding or whatever. Vaughan, you got the uh, the one wood out today. I don't want you to repeat exactly what you said, but it was all about, um, you know, people saying cycling's more dangerous now and the problem is the descents and, you know, bike handling and things like that. Yeah, I just think that um, I did get the one wood out today. I read a couple of comments and then I got a couple of private comments about um, – just how dangerous the sport is. Um, and for me, what that the alarm bell that immediately rings to me is that we're not going to be encouraging kids to do a sport that's really dangerous. So, um, and grassroots is what it's all about for our sport. And so, um, and I'm just seeing more and more people uh, getting extremely strong and, uh, on your, you know, the Zwifts and those sorts of things, but not actually getting coaching and the mentoring and the training and the time on the bike uh, to learn how to do the basics, which is sometimes as simply as being able to clip in and out of your pedals with both your left foot and your right foot. It might sound ridiculous to some people, but <laughs> how many people can't clip out of their pedal with their left foot until they end up falling over is just, it's, it's getting, it seems to be in, what I'm seeing getting more and more. And so, uh, and then people are saying it's too dangerous and we need to get rid of descents because, you know, yeah, that, that comment the other day about like the descent being, you know, too steep and too fast. It's like back in the day, if you'd know, like you, you I've seen yeah, a picture of my old man there. with their bike on their shoulder running. Like <laughs> the road was that shit that they couldn't even ride on it, you know, and the descents mm. gravel, they're going around corners with, 
old bikes that are still like you know and they're still bombing descents at a million miles out they're still falling off they're still getting some bark off and they're still always going to be crashes but um i think it needs to come back to you know learning your craft and uh and yeah <laughs> those two things those two things are in the handlebars they're called brakes and if you're going too fast you squeeze them and they slow you down it's amazing how that works wow you, you just uh, uh, Vaughan you just reminded me of one of my favourite photos I have to dig it up if you I'll say the bloody bakerets no no, 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 no. It's uh, 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 back in the old sun tour days, and it's uh, Vaughan's. It was one of the wettest uh, tours we've ever had. There were floods everywhere. And we're riding through this flood out the back of Bendigo somewhere, and um, there's a fall, and Macca falls, and all that you can see of Vaughan of, of Gravick Valley is his head. So everyone sort of rides through and, and the water up above uh, the bottom, almost to our knees. And Macca's, I don't know where he's fallen off the edge of the road because he couldn't see the edge of the road. Down he's gone and suddenly his head pops up and I remember laughing my head off. So I've got to, I've got to dig that photo up. Great photo. Tom Maloney says, young riders may win first up, but there's still a whole lot they need to learn to have an enduring career. Fair point, Ify? Yeah, yeah. Now, Tommy, Tommy uh, is a legend. Uh, he... Um, he, he's raced right around, around the world. He was part of our crew when we went over there in 73, the Aussie crew racing all those races. Um, speaks fluent Spanish. He speaks Spanish as good as a Spaniard. Uh, he's something he studied. But, uh, yeah, no, for sure. And Look, we're being probably a, a tad hard on, on Jay Vine as well. I know he um, he came up through the Swift Academy and that, but he wasn't just – he was a serious Racing before through the NRS, I think mm. he finished fifth, fifth in a, a, a Herald Sun. Oh, easy, jo- easy dot yeah. to join, John. You know what I definitely wasn't having a crack at Jay Vine either. I mean, I think I can't remember what year it was, but I think might have even been someone like George Hincappy. Like, it's quite easy to stuff up mm. a little bit and hold sometimes when shit's going down. Like, they weren't going slow either, and he mm. just, you know, like. That's yeah, no, that's a whole new ball game. Yeah, mm. Mm. I can remember in the in the uh, the Giro, uh, I, I was earlier on when I was really struggling. I sort of came good by the end, and it was a hot day, and I'd been drinking too much coke, and I got a really bad stomach ache. So I, the doctor's car comes up to me, and we're on a climb. So I'm hanging on, and he's having a look, and so I thought, oh, this is okay. I'm feeling better. If I keep hanging on <laughs> over this hill, I'll be right. And then uh, finally, the doctor says. Uh, I think you must let go of the car. <laughs> no, 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 maybe let go. Anyway, uh, that reminds me of another story. If I may have got kicked off a bike race that you were running in Tasmania once because uh, one of my riders got stuck behind a crash uh, that was unfortunate and then their team car blocked the road and we couldn't get our, our spare bike to our rider. And so I did the old sticky bidding out the window. Uh, but unfortunately, I went past the commissaire and ambulance um, <laughs> with my rider at the time out the window, like driving at a million miles an hour to try and get him back onto the back of the bunch. And then at the finish line, I got dragged over and said, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> Mate, one of the best car bingles I ever saw was the um, 2012 Tour of California when Sheriff took on Jonathan Vorders in the, in the convoy. And we had a rider coming back. I can't remember who it was. And they were getting treatment. And Vorders almost collected him and then Steve-O's vein filled with blood and he went in front and clipped the car and then Steve-O went up alongside him and 
swung in and clipped his car and I was just like shit myself thinking there's going to be road rage in the actual race and then the commissaire came up and had the whistle out you know what it's like in America you know they're really hamming it up he's like no he's going to hit me first he's trying to justify like a school kid in trouble but like those on the road like particularly in the car convoys like if you have ever have that experience being in the convoy it is horrific like if for the first time you are so on the edge of your seat and the skill set required for these these drivers like oh mate there's been so many guests that have gone in the cars as guests and come out and just uh, white as a ghost (laughs) i can remember i remember we're over in america when i took the jaco team away back in 94 i think 93 94 uh scotty mcgrory was in it you know it's a really good team we rode whole stack of races and, uh, and one of them was the tour of west virginia which was virtually a world tour race i think there was six or eight world tour teams there or well, john denver fans then. yeah oh, lance and all of that you know phil anderson you know back in his heyday great race anyway the day before the race i had had a uh, was going out for a ride uh, and managed to blow a tire and knock myself out Great big lump over my head. I, you know, in the cartoon when you see someone with a black eye and they paint that thing, that's what I had, like a, a black eye like that. Anyway, so I'm here I am driving the car in the convoy and I have no memory of that day. I, I shouldn't have been there. I had severe concussions. <laughs> oh, you reckon? <laughs> and on the descent, I found out there was a big accident. A motorbike, one of the media motorbikes hit a car. They went into the ditch and whatever. And then we get to the finish and they're telling me all about it. I said, gee, I wonder if I caused that. Oh. <laughs> evidently, I, I did the whole day on remote control, but I've been doing it for a while. Uh, and I got through, but I shouldn't have been there. Anyway, uh, good, good story. <laughs> hey, uh, you talked about coming good at the end of your Giro. I'll tell you a rider that is coming good is uh, Pitcock. Um Geez, do you reckon he's he's gonna have it in him? He's he's just the unknown uh, in terms of. I, I reckon he'll win. Stages. I reckon he'll win one of these stages. I do. Yeah. I think yeah, one of those stages that they let the break go, uh, more probably towards the, those last couple, uh, especially that second last day. Maybe which is stage be, twenty. Uh, that yeah, one, yeah, that last one. That's a, a, a day. I think the break will go that day. I think the GC will be decided. Mm. Um, you know, that, that, that's actually a bit harder than it looks. When you look at those other monster ones, you think, oh, this, this, mm. but they, that cat ones, cat twos, and a, and a, a, you know, oh, there it is there, a cat one in there, uh, and cat twos. They're not like they're little uh, bumps, but that'd be the type of stage, uh, I reckon he could win. And that's one of the ones that Bike Exchange is going to need to get someone like Schultz into the break. It'd be something like he'd be good for that one, too. Hey, talking about- hey man, I think. Yeah, so I was going to say that Schultz like looking good for that stage as well. I reckon it was funny actually the other night, uh, Dan. I'm you know watch up watching late watching the race and uh, Peacock was in that breakaway and I'm like Peacock's going to win this stage. No, no, he's he's on here. And then literally two minutes later, Bardet attacked. I went, or maybe Bardet. <laughs> I got a text. I got a text from you saying exactly that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, text. Yeah, it's gonna happen. It's like five minutes. I was like, no, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> it's always the way when we make big statements. The Will Wizard comes in with his little whispers. Pitcock has tendonitis. So <sighs> maybe we might need to retract. Um, Alan Skull says, "My hand is in the air. I've hung on to a car in a race." So far behind, it didn't matter. It was only to get to the finish before dark. <laughs> Fair enough. I, it, I, can, I can remember a, a, a quick story. Tour okay. of Tasmania. 
in the younger days, I think I was only about 18, and uh, we got uh, it was one of those really hard days. We used to go start in Launceston up to Scottsdale and then right over the mountains, uh, uh, finishing St Helens. And it was a monster day, freezing cold, raining, all of that sort of stuff. Anyway, there's a whole group of us. We're at the last climb before the 30 kilometres of flat uh, to St Helens. And we're all hanging on to Daddy, – Dad had a big Chevy. But we're all hanging on to this Chev. And we catch this guy, Tasmania guy. I can't think of his name, but he was a stickler for the rules. And we said, we just – and he said, let go of the car. I said, no, nah, just hang on here. You know, Hang on to my hand. Nope, he refused. So over the top we went. And then we let the car go and we all rode on to the finish. Well, he put a complaint in uh, and we finished like about. Well, well, official called us over and he said, uh, we've had a complaint. Hang on to the car. I said, well, hang on to the car. We've finished 45 minutes behind the leader. We didn't do very well at hanging on to the car. (laughs) So he said, yeah, true. He let us off. (laughs) That was basically that story in my year that that, that <laughs> thing happened, right? That, that that crash happened. It was neutral. We went out of Launceston and then a fairly new team to the NRS lined it up because it was a bit of a sharp t- sharp uh, hill, like sharp corner over a thin bridge yeah. and then up this hill. The whole team crashes, right, on the front of the bunch. And, uh, and my young bloke that was in that team, I think he was about 10th, but, you know, we weren't expecting him to finish top 40 at the time. But, you know, I was like, oh, I've got to give him the best chance that he can. And the whole team waited for him. There was a heap of really young kids. And one minute I looked, I was like on the phone, I remember like sending a message to, it might have been Trent Wilson going, whereabouts are you? And he told me, and I, obviously I'm from Tassie, so I was like going, we're nearly 40 minutes behind. Like this race is done and dusted. So I tried to get all of my riders to the finish line within the time cut. But, yeah, of course, a couple of people complained and whinged and moaned. It was like, oh, God, we weren't, we weren't even close to, yeah, unreal. Hey. <laughs> Back to the uh, today's stage, Ify. This is one of the last rolls of the dice for your man, who you've tipped for eleven stages. Michael <laughs> <laughs> I think it is the last roll of the dice, and, but I give him a good chance because of course um, you do. <laughs> of course you do. Why are you going to change now? Of life. Why are you going to change now? He needs to win for your sanity, I think. No, no, no. That's fine. But the thing is. <laughs> If they do everything right, you know, he's normally a, a, a length or so, like a, a really good stage early on when he ran third behind Jacobson and Phillipson. Um, he was still right there. Now, one's gone. The other one is looking a little bit uh, dicey. You know, he spat the dummy when he couldn't hold the wheel the other day, so he's getting a bit testy. Mm. Um, and I don't think he's going near as quick. So they all come back a little bit. Well, Bling won't have because he is so strong. So he'll be able to still sprint at his best. So it, it evens it all up. So I give him a mm. chance today. Right. And the finish is just wicked, man. Like it's another one of those stages that you don't stay up for, but you watch the last three kilometres because they come down the 301, which is a big sort of, well, not a wide freeway, but a bit of a freeway. And then through the, the, the red banner with a kilometre to go, and then they go hard left. And I mean like a nearly a full like 180 on themselves and go back down with about 750 metres to go. There's like a little Spanish takeaway. People are going to be eating like little yummy, cheesy, meaty Spanish morsels and having a few beers as they go, just hoping that there's going to be a crash and there probably is going to be. And then, yeah, they turn hard left and then it's a, a big drag race up to the up to the finish line. So it's <laughs> that, going to be a good to watch. 
That Google Earth works well, doesn't it? Uh, well, oh, mate, I was in there. <laughs> oh, right, I went right down there. There was actually a, someone holding a cerveza and one of those cheesy morsels. I was like, oh, that must be where they're going to turn. So, all right, if you, what is your plan for Luca? You're in the team bus right now and you're trying to map out the plan knowing that that's the last park. Or do you just back yourself and hit him or do you just try and react and stay calm and try and follow a wheel? Go back to what they were doing early on. I mean, try, to, try to do the big lead out. Don't become the lead out train for the others. You know, yep. come back what they were doing early on. Luca is fantastic. Now, the, all, all the guys are going to be in, but... Don't do it too early. They got forced to the last time. That is true. I mean, if they didn't go when they did, you know, I said 6K, I think it was 10K to go, then the, Jay probably would have won it. But someone else – but sometimes you've got to play poker and get someone else to roll the dice, you know. Make make a quick, uh, um, quick step to roll the, the wolf pack. Dice. Yeah. The wolf pack, yeah. If yeah. they haven't eaten, eaten each other all up. Eating the cubs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But um, – no, uh, look, they've got the team to do it. Uh, Mezgetz is a really, really crucial part of it. Uh, but they have got the team to do it. So if they, if they play it really smart, uh, big chance today. All right, if you've got your script ready, mate, we want to give an update for the loudest silent auction, and that is brought to you by the Miller Resorts. Uh, go to miller.com. And uh, it's a five-night uh, for two adults and two children on a oceanfront villa. Uh, it's breakfast and dinner, and I can guarantee you, Jason and the team will look after you. Um, here's the video, Johnny. Discover a tropical playground of powdered sugar sand, lush jungle, and crystalline waters. Emilio Maldives Luxury Resort reeks of timeless style and endless bliss. Stand by for unexpected treats and indulgences. Delighting and surprising you is their hallmark. Miller's motto is to exceed your expectations. The sky is the limit. Oh, geez, your timing's getting good, isn't it? And uh, where, if you do want to have a bid on the auction, uh, you send in to john at cyclingevents.com.au. Uh, yeah, we've been in two days. We're still at the 5,250. Oh. So, uh, um, you know. How old do the kids have to be? Well, if they roll up with a moustache, I think it's a giveaway. But um, <laughs> maybe, maybe up to twelve. Are you trying? you trying to be one of the kids, uh, uh, board or what? Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's three of us. We can find one more. We'll go. We'll go twenty-five apiece, and away we go. I'm, I'm sure Jason will find a way. If it's a if it's an adult fudging it as a kid, he'll he'll fold out a bed or they'll work it out. Um, what, and this I'll, put a, a, I'll put a big put a big nappy on and see how you go, mate. W them out. Yeah. Out so it's maybe all to raise you, maybe Hugo. Sorry. Yeah, it's all to raise money for the Correcker Foundation and get behind Phil Liggett's Peloton. K A R I E G A dot C O dot Z A forward slash Peloton. Um, it's all for a good cause. And if you followed us throughout the Tour de France, you know it's something he's pretty passionate about. Um, so yeah, keep those bids coming in. Now, obviously, at the end of the show, we always want to talk about things to do to get through lockdown. And uh, we've mentioned a few times now the Mental Wheels Foundation, Vaughan, you guys are doing some great work, mentalwheelsfoundation.org. Um, one tip I can give you is in lockdown, you know, things frustrate you a little bit easily, you know. So be very careful when you're doing a flat pack. You know, I bought some balcony furniture. <laughs> And I tell you, like, it was one of those situations where I was really proud of myself. I built the, the couch 
And then I started on like the other footrest and I'm like, why, why the hell are they, they've, they've done me over here. The screws don't fit. I've used the wrong screws on the couch. So I've had to undo that. And yeah, so be very mindful of that flat packs. Easy to go and buy some more screws, but you can't, you can't get the Bunnings at the moment. So you, no, I'm screwed. There, I'm literally so screwed over the screws, screws, so I got to start again. <laughs> but but as you said, John, you've got a really good email, and um, we encourage people, you know, to share your little tips. John at cyclingevents.com.au. Um, share your advice, uh, things that you're doing uh, throughout lockdown to to you know get through. What are you? Uh, look, I, I, yeah, uh, we, John? we did have a, we we did have a really nice uh, uh, look. I've had a, a whole a stack of emails, but there was one today that touched a, uh, um, a point, a, a, a spot with me. I was having a hard old day myself today. Uh, I had some grandkids, and I'm home was homeschooling because my oh, daughter is a imagine having so imagine if he have having if he is a school teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, mate, yeah, it's like that yeah. Kevin Bloody Wilson song. The kids that kid that swears a little bit. Well, we worked it out. We worked it out. We had recess started early. We went over the road and played footy. But anyway, mm. that's another story. But mm. now I've got a really nice email, and it was actually uh, 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 he talked about uh, his anger at uh, you know people not doing the right thing in this whole COVID situation, and it was starting to piss him off. Uh, and then it was things that you'd said, Dan, that made him realise. You know what? I can only adjust what I can, you know, can control adjust yeah. from, control myself and Mental so he took cricket. that on board and 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 because he was starting to not want to even mix with people and so that's helped him a lot and I really liked him because in the end he said how he loved the bakeries <laughs> he's been going to it forever so I've got an addict but mm. his wife loves the show too and she calls it chaos so we're watching chaos tonight yes yeah, we're yeah. watching chaos I love, I love, I really, it was nice yeah. yeah fantastic Vaughan well the one thing I'm just going to add to that is so um what what is the the action that you do right because like it's actually pretty hard when you work out that the screws that you were supposed to put on that side of the Ikea bed were supposed to go on that side and that's when the the red mist is rising in the eyeballs oh, and yeah. so Stay. it's up there right and so some of the most simplest things, and it happens right through our lives, and, and I've been lucky enough to call Brad McGee a good mate of mine, and he uh, and to go to some of his training camps and watch him talk to his athletes about this stuff that I'm about to talk about, which works perfectly for every human being, is breathing. And one of the best things that you can do to just calm yourself down is to stop and take five breaths. It sounds as simple and as stupid as ever, but if you just stop and go, okay, I'm just going to take five breaths, I'm going to walk away from this thing. <laughs> I'm going to forget about those screws and I'm just going to take five really, really slow breaths and then come back to something. I can guarantee it will change you the outlook on where you're at as previous to those five breaths. So there's a very small little tip, but I can guarantee you that it works. Yep. So I'll take five breaths and don't put your foot through the pot plant. Exactly. I felt your pain when you were telling me earlier, uh, Dan, because just recently... My darling wife and I put together a flat pack garden shed, a six foot garden shed. It said two adults, two hours. Um, Didn't say husband (laughs) and wife. That's always an issue. But two over two days, two and a half days later, it was finished. (laughs) Two hours. And it still leaks. (laughs) No, no, it's good. Oh, All right, so uh, tips, for, tips for stage 16, Bling, Vaughn, you're going to go against Bling? 
No. <laughs> Blink. Oh. Please, I'm gonna do it. Please. I love him. Please. Just get please, up. Please. Yeah, get Gary Tilly, last one. He says, five breaths and walk to the fridge and grab a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. All right. We'll be back again tomorrow night, folks. Thanks for your company. <laughs> YouTube.com forward slash the detour podcast. Really appreciate all your support and a massive thanks to Jack Haig. Absolute superstar. We, we really hope he has a massive final week of this for Welter. And uh, we'll see you again tomorrow night. Thanks, Vaughn. Thanks, Ify. See you tomorrow. Yeah. This is the winning ride of the